Welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. We're Jeremy and Sarah Pearsons, and we are so thankful that you've come into our home and you're letting us come into yours. And whether you're watching this at home or at work or listening in the car, wherever you are, we're so thankful that you're doing what it takes to put the Word of God first place in your life. When you honor God, He honors you. And this is how you honor Him. You give His Word first place. You give His, I like to say it like this, you give His Word First word, last word, and every word in between. And that's what you're doing when you're tuning in to this broadcast and others like it. So we want to come into agreement with you today in prayer over our time in the word. And let's just believe God together to get out of this time exactly what he wants us to see, what he wants us to hear. And I believe it's going to be a blessing to you. Father, in Jesus' name, we come to you today and we worship you and we praise you, magnify you, Lord, for who you are, for who Jesus is. We magnify Jesus today and who he is and what he's done and all that he's accomplished for us. And as we come into your word, I'm asking you again for eyes that see him, ears that hear his voice and hearts that understand who we are in him and who he is in us. We believe we received this from you today. And by your grace, by your help, we will be all you've called us to be. We'll do all that you've called us to do. And we will live with your blessing on us and in us in this life. We thank you for it and give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sarah, I want to get right back into the word today. Over the last several weeks throughout this um, holiday season, just celebrating Thanksgiving, getting ready to just jump right into Christmas. This is like full-blown Christmas mode around here. (laughs) Uh, I don't know how how much everybody can see around us, but like Christmas has just exploded in this room. (laughs) And I love it that um, people, it seems like earlier and earlier, they're getting into that that Christmas spirit. I mean, people are are around here in Texas. I mean, you, you have to dress for the fall by faith because we'd barely get out of the high 70s or really the 80s until late in the season. But it's just people just get so into this. And one of the things that we've been talking about over the last several weeks in these broadcasts is the family just coming together around the table. Now, I know many of you watching this, you can't really see this table that we've got set behind us here, but this is that table we talked about before that Sarah had built. And it was, what is it like, what did we decide, 11 feet long, something like mm-hmm. that. We get 12 people around this thing. And there's just something about those moments seated together at the table when the family comes together and the friends are all there. And it's like we said, it's holiday time around here. So that seems to be what the whole thing is geared around, that time at the table. You got the big Thanksgiving meal, you've got the big Christmas meal, and everybody comes to sit down and eat. And, and it seems so carnal, it seems so natural to talk about these things, but there's actually so much parallel in the Word of God. And we began weeks ago in Psalm chapter 37. And I think it'd be good to look back there together again today. And uh, if you've got your Bible or you've got something, uh, a notebook and pen, you want to follow along with us, we invite you to do that and get into the word and find out what he has to say to you today. But again, in Psalm chapter 37, let's just start with verse one. Look at what he said here. He said, do not fret. We know that word fret just means worry. Don't worry about this. Don't worry about what? Don't fret or worry or be anxious over evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. Now, why would he have to tell us not to be worried about these people? Well, if you look at verse seven, you get an explanation of it because he says, don't fret because of him who prospers in his way. So he's talking about not looking at people who seemingly don't know God, people who, based on all appearances anyway, have 
no relationship or fellowship with him, and yet they're prospering. And you look at that, and sometimes for believers, that can actually be very frustrating because here we are, we're believing God, we're trusting God, we believe he's got good things for us, we believe it's his will for us to prosper and to be in health and to be at peace and to be at rest. And you look around sometimes at other people who don't seem to have that kind of faith in him, and yet they're prospering. And you look at them, if you're not careful, you're like, what are you doing with my stuff? You know, I'm trusting God for that. And the scripture, the instruction here is, don't fret over that. Don't worry about somebody else prospering. Why? Verse two, he says, they, they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Verse three, he says, trust in the Lord. Now his, these are his instructions to us. And really, if we had time, we could go through this entire Psalm and realize what he's doing here is like drawing this line down the center of a piece of paper. And on one side, you've got people who trust God and know God. And on the other side, you've got people who don't, who he calls wicked and evildoers. And he's drawing, painting the differences between these two people. And he's saying, look, don't worry about that. Verse three is the instead, do this instead. You trust the Lord, trust in the Lord, do good, dwell in the land, and feed on his faithfulness. You know, if you're doing all of these things here, if you and I are spending our time trusting in the Lord, doing good, well, what is doing good? Doing what he called us to do, doing what he's assigned us to do. If we spend our time feeding on his faithfulness, this goes on to talk about delighting ourselves in the Lord. If that's where we are, like I said, spending our time, we've got no time left over for being jealous over anybody else and what they've got. Mm -hmm. And as I was praying over some of these things before we started these broadcasts today, I felt like the Lord was saying to me, Jeremy, don't, don't put a chokehold on your prosperity by being envious of someone else's. Mm -hmm. Don't limit what I can do in your life by being jealous of what somebody else has or what somebody else is doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that came as a revelation to me today. And, and that's what this a lot of what this psalm is about, but we want to center in on what he's saying to us here in verse three. Trust in the Lord, do good, dwell in the land, and feed on his faithfulness. You know, you said something in the broadcast that we shot several weeks ago that was really the theme of this, and it was something very significant I believe the Lord gave you in this year, 2016, and it's, it's more or less become kind of a theme for I know what you're ministering. And you, you were talking about that table, the one we're talking about here, and everything that the grace of God has put on that table and what it's gonna take to feed on it. Mm -hmm. Talk a little bit about what's been in your heart regarding this over the last several weeks and months as the Lord's sort of unfolding some of these things to you. Well, we went back and we looked at Song of Solomon, chapter two. Let's see, let me make sure here. Um, I wrote it down here. Song of Solomon, yes, chapter two, verse four. And, it, and I don't know if you remember that old song we used to sing, but he brought me to his banqueting yeah. table and his banner over me is love. And I always loved that song, but I don't think I had any clue what I was singing as sure. a little girl. Yeah. And now that if you look through the word and you study the table and what a beautiful place, what in the New Testament we see when Jesus met with his disciples and he sat down with them for the last supper mm -hmm. and had dinner with them. And he 
instituted the communion table and what that, what that was to mean to us. Yeah. I mean, the table is a beautiful place where you meet with God and you fellowship with Him and there's an exchange that takes place. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the, just to close my eyes sometimes and imagine the master's table and that beautiful table that He sets, that He prepares. And really, I like to think of Jesus as this master chef and he is in this kitchen and he has, he has prepared this beautiful meal for us that's so fancy and so fine. It's fine dining. It's not a fast food, right. but it's fine dining. And he sets that table. He makes this amazing, stirs up this amazing uh, feast for us. And then he yells and says, come and get it. It is finished. Yeah. Rings that dinner bell and says, it is finished. Come that's and right. get it and sets that table. There's this beautiful spread before us, a a plate of healing, a pitcher of prosperity. Um, It sounds cheesy, but you have to think of it as to see all that is set before you. And and then he says, come and get it. And I love to think about the fact that he did all the work in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. He slaved over it. He went to the cross for us. He took the stripes for us. He went through all of that for us. So we could come and sit down at that table. You know, to sit down is a picture of rest, isn't it? Sure. And really faith is a rest. And to to it, it takes a lot. It takes faith to come to the table. It mm-hmm. takes faith to believe that you're even even worthy to come to the table. It takes faith to say, I'm going to sit down no matter how I feel. I'm going to sit down and rest yeah. and enter the rest. And I'm going to take and I'm going to eat. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take it in and I'm going to eat it. And, and so that, the truth is, saying. faith, yeah. yeah, grace sets grace that table and faith eats. Now, what happens though, and people need to hear this, when, the, when, you, when you focus on one without the other, when you focus on what the grace of God has done, and we, we've got to do that. You focus on what grace has put on the table, just like all the things you mentioned, and just like Jesus saying, and they're saying, it's ready, come and get it. And you look at the table and it looks beautiful. It looks wonderful. And sometimes it looks too good mm-hmm. to be true. And you're standing there looking at everything grace has set out. And there's your salvation. And there's your healing. And there's your deliverance and your peace and your joy and your prosperity and everything you need to live this life. And it's all right there. And that's wonderful. We need to be able to look into the word, and which is to look at that table. But how foolish would it be to just stand off at a distance from that table and say, wow, this looks good. Mm. This looks good. Oh, see that? That looks good. Yeah, healing looks great. Yeah. Oh, how great prosperity looks over there. Oh, the love of God, that, that looks wonderful. At some point, standing there looking at it is no longer enough. Mm-hmm. That's where faith has got to be applied. And you think, well, I don't deserve a place at this table. No, stop yeah. it. It's not about you deserving a place at this table. It's about the place that's been made for you. You have been seated. We've been seated with Jesus. And it takes faith to come up to that table and say, if Jesus put a seat here for me, it's mine and I'm going to sit down. If Jesus put this on the table for me, it's mine and I'm going to eat it. And so you've got to have both of these things working together because really without each other, they're incomplete. Faith without a revelation of grace, there's nothing to have faith in. Mm-hmm. And, and grace without faith, without knowing how to lay hold of it, you'll never experience any of the things that grace has set out there yeah. for us. And 
I thought we might get into this in later broadcasts, but it seems good to me now to, to mention it here. And something Jesus said in Luke chapter 14 when he was telling a parable. In verse 16, he said, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many, a great supper. Yeah. I mean, when Jesus calls it a great supper, it's a great supper. When God sets the table The scripture said he prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. You know, it's a beautiful table. And his servant, uh, he sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are now ready. Isn't that grace? It is the grace of God. Set out there right before you. Yeah. That he's saying. All ready, all done. It's done. Everything's ready. Come right now because it's all done. And that's when you come to the table, isn't it? Mm. How frustrating is it to come to the table and sit there for another hour and a half? No, you come when it's ready. Verse 18, it says, They all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I've bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. Another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen. I'm going to test them and I ask you to have me excused. Verse 20, still another said, I've married a wife and therefore I can't come. But in verse 21, The servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, watch this now, being angry. He actually got angry over this. Mm -hmm. And I heard a minister say just recently, he said, you need to go back and study what actually makes God angry in this New Testament. Instead of living with an Old Testament idea of what's making God mad. What makes him mad still in the New Testament is when he has set the table and you won't come eat. Mm-hmm. That is, that's upsetting to him. When you and I don't receive by faith what grace has made available. Well, without faith, it's impossible to please him. Yeah. So without faith, you're actually, according to this, making him angry. upsetting him. Yeah. How crucial is it that we learn how to come to this table and take by faith what he's made for us? Because like he's saying, it's all prepared. Mm -hmm. Everything is ready. I like what you said. Jesus is standing there ringing that bell. Come and get it. it. It's ready. Mm -hmm. What else you got? Well, I I think that's an awesome scripture. But then if you keep going, um, you know, it's it's interesting that they all have what seems to be legitimate excuses. I mean, think about it. How many times do we think we have a legitimate excuse, Mm -hmm. something else that's more important than sitting down and receiving from Mm -hmm. the Lord? I mean, it it is so tricky and it's the trick of the enemy to distract us. Distraction, he is the master of distraction. These guys are not going to do something bad. Mm -hmm. They're not headed out to do evil or do something wrong. Mm -hmm. They're just living their lives. Here's a guy that's into real estate. He bought a piece of land. He's got to go see it. Here's another guy that's in agriculture. Yeah, I bought some, I bought some oxen. It's like buying new tools for your business, you know? Yeah. Oh, I got to take care of this. I got to see to the business. Here's another guy. He got married. Nothing wrong with getting married. The only time these things become wrong is when they take precedence over coming and fellowshipping with Jesus yeah. over a good meal. I think that actually people get addicted to yeah. being busy. Yeah. And, and actually can make excuses for it that it's, that it's because it's the work of God or it's the work of the ministry. But, you know, even Jesus said this in Revelation. He said, you're doing all this stuff 
And actually, we could read it really quick, but Revelation chapter two, he says in verse two, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. And you have persevered and you have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. Verse four, nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. And I mean, isn't that amazing? You could be doing all this work what you say is work for the Lord. Yeah. Yet you have left that, you've lost that lovely part of your relationship with him, that, that part that is sweet and the part where you receive from him. Yeah. And, and I, I just don't want to ever get so caught up in day-to-day life, so busy with what I think is the work of the ministry where I don't have time to sit down yeah. and receive from him which will actually make you a better minister. Sure. But it is, it is, um, it's a trick of the enemy. It's distraction. And, and here in Luke, if we keep going, um, Jesus is ter- telling this parable of the Great Supper. Um, if you look down in verse 24, after everyone's come with their excuses, he says, for I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper mm-hmm. or taste of my dinner. What is that? If you don't, if you don't sit down and you don't make on purpose, uh, you don't make it a priority, you can actually miss out on the goodness of God. I don't want to miss out on anything Jesus came to give me, but how many Christians, how many of us are really missing day to day, missing out on that? Not everyone, but a lot of us. Yeah. Yeah, and and in the closing moments that we have in this broadcast, I I think we need to just bring it down to this, and it's very simple, and I want to say this to you. Go back and take inventory in your life. Take stock. Do a a time appraisal of how you're spending your time, and this is something Sarah and I have to do often because we catch ourselves doing it. I mean, this, this work that we're doing, we love it. And we love it to the point you can get addicted to it, but none of it, as good as it is to do, comes before just coming and sitting at the table and enjoying Jesus, fellowshipping with Jesus. So I want to challenge you today as you're listening to this or you're watching this, come sit at the table. Don't rush through the meal. Jesus is standing here ringing this bell saying, come and get it. It's all done. It's all prepared. There's there's no reason for you to be in the kitchen. It's all done. The meal is finished. Come and get it. And don't don't be like so many of us have, have been where we stand there and say, well, yeah, that looks good. That looks good. That looks good. And definitely don't be like these guys that we're reading about here saying, I would love to come to dinner, but I'd love to come hang out, but I've got all these other things to do. If you want to prosper in all those other things, come have a meal with Jesus. If you want all those other things to succeed, you want your business to succeed, you want whatever you're setting your hand to do to prosper. What was the other other guy say? I've just taken a wife. You want your marriage to thrive? Put Jesus first. He's ringing again, ringing that bell. Come and get it. You need to say, Jesus, here I come. I'm coming, I'm going to sit down. I'm going to eat. How do we eat? Well, you come to his word. You spend time in his presence. These these things are so simple and they're things that you know, but don't let them be too simple that you just forget to do it. Come spend time in his presence. Come spend time in his word and feed on his faithfulness.
Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television Broadcast, the Legacy Letter Magazine, and so much more. You can also visit PearsonsMinistries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith. Thank you.